0: Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James D. Anderson and I am J.D. Anderson. I'm your host and your facilitator facilitator. This a lovely podcast where we talk about everything about business, money, capitalism, and finance. And this is a special episode because we are honoring urban podcast month. 2018, if you do not know, May is urban podcast month. Let me say it one more time. May is urban podcast month. And in this special episode, guys, we're going to give you the roadmap to financial freedom. I'd rather be broke Alright, so let's go ahead and jump into this episode here because we've got a lot to talk about, but we do not have a lot of time. Here's what you need to understand. Many times we put together all the combination of everything that we do and bring it to a head so you can go out there and execute and be great with your money. And that's what we're going to do here in this episode today. I'm going to give you guys eight steps, eight tips, eight tricks, eight Missions, whatever you want to call it, you're gonna have eight steps basically to walk to your financial freedom. Here, starting today, not tomorrow, starting today when you hear this episode. So go ahead, get some pieces of paper. You're gonna jot it down because I gotta go rapid fire. Like I said, I don't have a lot of time today on this episode, but I'm about to pack it with a lot of content. But first, let's start off with the financial stat of the day. Okay, I pulled this from actually Debt.com, which is a website to talk a lot about you know debt, what people are doing in personal finance. Great resource. Gallup Post, all different things like that. But one stat they talked about is treading financial water. And in a 2007 Market Watch report, they found out half of the American households currently live paycheck to paycheck. That's something you guys heard me mention, but it's got a couple stats here actually attached to it because this study just wrapped up here shortly. It said 19% of have zero save to cover any emergency expenses and 31% of people have less than 500 Dollars In emergency savings. So here's the thing. The people who have zero saved, that percentage went up, but the percentage went down for those who have less than 50, uh, 500 bucks in emergency savings. But it says, not surprising. About 49% of Americans are concerned or anxious or fearful that they don't have a current financial well-being. But here's a stat that I saw that was added in a minute to this article that, was, that just kind of blew me away. It said, interesting enough, low income is not always the blame for financial hardship. Only one in five people, so that's 20%, face financial hardship, actually fall below the poverty line and make less than $40,000 a year. So you know what I hear when, I, when that comes to, to me? It says, well hey, people are struggling even if they are making some money. But however, a separate 2017 career builder poll found that more than three-fourths of U.S. workers say they struggle to make ends meet. And guess what, guys? Only one in 10 people actually earn more than $100,000 in a year in the household. And 28% of people actually have um, $50,999, you know, it's under $100,000. So when I hear that, Bottom line, when my ears perk up, I hear that people are just basically struggling with money. It's not necessarily that you don't have an income problem. You just might have a financial problem with as far as your planning is concerned. And that's why in this episode, guys, we're going to lay out the eight-step plan for you to get to financial freedom. It's an awesome thing. It's a tool that I use myself. Many people that I work with, hundreds of families I work with have implemented this strategy and used it. It's going to sound very simple, but I'm going to give you some insight behind each step of why it's very important for you guys to implement that now in your life if you want to put forward a financial plan. And listen, you don't have to go get a bunch of books and tapes and courses and all those things like that. You can start doing this right now with using the information I'm about to share to you. So I'm about to give you the secret sauce of the actual finance world, all right? So eight steps to financial freedom. Number one, you want to focus on increasing your cash flow by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is you want to look at where your money's going and try to get any dollar back into your household. So you might do a couple things. The first thing you might do is you might say, hey, instead of me getting a tax refund every year, maybe I want to adjust my W-4 and not get a tax refund, but get that money all through the year. You guys heard me say that many times. You might want to look at your expenses. Yeah, we all got those gym memberships. <laughs> That we don't use, you know you might have YouTube red, you might have Hulu, you might have Netflix, do you really need all that entertainment, okay? are you a person that subscribed to title and Apple music? Hey I'm guilty of that myself. do you have different business tools that you have subscribed for that you're using for example, you know do you have Photoshop, Lightroom, and Adobe Premiere when you don't use any of those? see so you want to start focusing on all little bits of money that's going out and this is what I tell people zero in on anything that you are not using that's on a subscription base first, all right? So anything that's on a subscription base, start cutting, cut that out, no matter if you just want to have it, magazine subscriptions, uh, coffee clubs, subscriptions, wine clubs, book clubs, all those things, scratch it out. If you don't use it, if it does not provide no value to you on a daily basis, get rid of it, all right? That's going to be the first thing. The second thing you want to look at as far as lowering your expenses. So there's obviously some things that you could be spending some money on that you can actually start cutting that down right now. Biggest thing to look into is if you got cell phone, internet, home phone, all those things like that, start looking at how you can actually cut that money back. Let me let me give you an example. See, many times companies, if you, you didn't hear it here, but you know, just, just quick pro tip. Many times if you call a customer service of any type of company, you threaten to leave and you don't, you're not getting the current special Probably gonna put you on that current special. So start looking at ways. I know people who have cut their their cell phone bills for their families along with their actual cable bills by three, four, or five hundred dollars every single month. So you wanna be ruthless. You wanna be as ruthless as the businesses that are getting your money, you wanna be just as ruthless as them as, as taking your money back into your household, all right? And, of course, guys, you want to throw in that B word. I know you guys don't like it, but you might need a budget if you don't know where all your money's going from. Bottom line is get as much cash flow as you possibly can. Now, in some cases, we have individuals that are living absolutely to their means. But here's the thing. You might have to up your income a little bit. So that means you might have to start a side business, a side hustle or using some of the school some of the skills and the tools that you actually inherited over time. You might use that to actually make you some more money or if you're a person that got a lot of stuff, you might start looking at starting to liquidate some things. So the garage sale, summer's coming around the corner. Get the garage sale popping Do what you have to do, but get your cash flow up. Very simple with that. I want you guys to target at least getting anywhere from 200 to $1,000 up as far as getting the cash flow back into your household. I know it seems, sounds like a stretch. I know it sounds like a stretch. But can you save about $10 a day in your daily life? That would be $300 bucks right there. Can you save $15 a day? That will be, you know, when you look at this, $500 bucks that you're going to average. Listen, you have to put in the work for this because this is going to set us up for everything we're going to talk about line. So first step, increase your cash flow by any means necessary. I'm sorry, if you got to go without the cable, I know you like the Real Housewives and all those things. Cut it out. It's done. It's out of here because your financial future is always going to be more important. And guess what? You can always come back and check out the reruns on YouTube. So second thing here, ladies and gentlemen, is that you want to set up a beginner's emergency fund. Now, this is absolutely huge. You need this to continue on. To the next step. Now, each time I present a step, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot go to the next step until you finish that current step. So, first things first, if you're going to be out here building your financial life, if you're going to be setting yourself up right, you do not want to be one of those people who do not have any money in the bank to satisfy emergencies. And no, absolutely not. A credit card is not an emergency. I know a lot of people say, well, I got this Discover card because of emergency. No, you need to have some cash because if you, if you don't have the money to pay off the credit card, then guess what? You're just going to start building interest, and then the circle just keeps turning, and you keep building up more debt. So you want to have at least $3,000 set aside in what we call your beginner's emergency fund. Now, think about it like this. If you were to cut your, get your cash flow up by 500 bucks a month, then it's going to take you six months to actually get to that $3,000. And it's just something that you got to do. You got to have some money in the bank, and it's the only way that this system is going to actually, actually work because here is the thing. Life happens. Things happen. And of course, if your car breaks down or if you got to make a move, you got to move somewhere really quickly, you got to replace the hot water heater in your house, you have to do a multitude of things. You know, it never happens at the right time. So you want to be set up to where you're not going to stop your financial plan. So you want to get to $3,000. I say that's the absolute minimum for a a beginner's emergency fund. Really, you probably should need about $5,000, but we're going to let you slide with $3,000 to get you some speed. So that's why it's very important to get your cash flow up so now every single month you could be building towards that emergency fund. Now, here's a cool thing that I like to tell people, all right? See, you can potentially get a higher rate on your emergency fund if you actually put it into a municipal bond fund or a money market fund or different things like that. This is not money that you absolutely want to invest. But if you can get a couple percent instead of having it sit on the side in a savings account or a checking account, then that's going to be a good thing. So I always advise people to put their money into a municipal bond or money market fund because one thing is that you don't have really the access to it like if it was on your savings account, you know, linked to your checking account. Usually, you got to go through a wholesale bank account, but you can get that access within those funds within 24 hours. There's no debit card usually associated with it, and it kind of just add an extra layer of protection from you dipping into it. And if you can gain a little interest on the side, then why not? Let's go ahead and get that in there. So you want to get that done. It should be liquid. It should be, it should be there. It should be ready to go. You should have access within 24 hours, but it shouldn't be readily accessible all day every day. So if you got overdraft protection linked to your savers account where you're building up this emergency fund, cut it off. Do not have overdraft protection on there. You need to get yourself in order. You need to keep building this fund. Now, once you get your $3,000, all right, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to cover the mass majority of individuals. Remember my statistic I said earlier is that you have over half them of working Americans struggling financially. All right, and you got a large percentage of people over 50 percent that only have five hundred, that has five hundred dollars or less in their emergency savings. So you're already ahead of the curve if you make it past step two. And I promise you, everybody who fails this plan that's out there are people who did not complete step two. You complete step two, I guarantee it that you you can follow along to the next steps with ease and absolutely win. Now. Third thing is this, and this, and I get debated a lot on this. I get debated a tremendous amount on this next step, okay? Because after you build up your emergency fund, after you got your cash flow up, so you have some cash flow, you're building your emergency fund, you made it to the $3,000, you are done with that. Now you got some extra cash flow that you can actually go invest. Yes, I said invest. Invest. Many people and many people in finance will tell you you need to pay off debt first but I say actually let's invest first the reason being and it's gonna sound kind of crazy kind of stubborn but the debt is always going to be there but your wealth is not so you need to start building your wealth as fast as possible so you can start investing in some type of retirement account the reason why I say that is because we want to use it for a dual a dual purpose we want to number one, build up our retirement account, but number two, get some tax deductions if we can as well. So your 401k, your 403b, if you have a traditional IRA, if you're self-employed, you have a self-employed IRA, all those things are great things you could put your money in on a monthly basis, all right? But try to target at least 5% of your gross income, at least 5% of your gross income. So that means... That after you build your emergency fund, after you increase your cash flow, and if you cannot put 5% of your gross income into that retirement account, then guess what? You need to go back, reevaluate, custom things, or get that, that income up so then you can get to that. Now, a lot of people say, well, James, why not just go ahead and actually start paying off debt right now? Well, listen, I want I want you guys to understand an example here. Let's say, for instance, you, was a, you had a household making $60,000, all right, and you had, say, 5% going to your investment account, and you just did it for one year, okay? First year, you invested $3,000, you did it, you're done, you didn't make it past the steps, whatever, you quit, it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. If you had that invested in, say, a stock fund or 401k or something like that, and you had it in there for just 25 years, a lifetime of you working, you would have an extra $28,000. I know it might not sound like a lot, but have two twenty eight thousand $28,000 more attached to your net worth than paying off a $28,000 car. Will, will, will do you f- so much better over the course of 20, 25 years. Now, just imagine if you went for 30, 35 years, you're probably looking at about $52,000. So just in that small amount of time, the money almost doubled, and that's only what you put in $3,000 in there in any traditional fund one time, an 89% return there. Now, that's super huge because that's an extra 50 grand that you didn't have. So instead of taking a $250 per month And dropping it on, say, your car note or paying off your credit cards, you put it into yourself. I'm gonna say a statement that you guys gotta adhere to right now today if you wanna fix yourself financially. If you wanna be great with your money, you have to do this. And it's called Pay Yourself First. Before you pay anybody else, pay yourself first. Because that way, that's the way that you're gonna build your wealth. And you have to be focused on that. Now, let me put a little, let me give you the light at the end of the tunnel before we get going. So let's say, for instance, you just you just, you just made $60,000 a year between you and your wife, you yourself, whatever, your household, not making, you know, consider a decent salary, right? Not balling, but you're doing okay. If you just did 5% every single month in a tax-deferred account or some type of retirement account, so that's $3,000 per year. If you just did that consistently over thirty years, okay. say you're a thirty year old right now. Listen to this podcast. You'll be six years old. You say you're ready to chill out, hang out with the grandkids. You'll have four hundred and fifty. I think four hundred about fifty seven thousand dollars after thirty years in your retirement account, and that's just off of two hundred and fifty bucks a month. See, if a person just do what, we're, what I'm saying right here, and just consistently do that, it's a two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollar decision. That you have to make just by focusing on these first key strategies, getting your money in your household, getting more cash flow, actually taking that money and using it to pay yourself and starting to fix your finances. So you can see how just a little bit snowballs into a large amount down the road. Now, just imagine if you were just taking a 250 bucks a month and just chucking it away, investing, chucking it away, and then when you decided that you want to retire, now you got 30 years put in there. You got almost $500,000. How could you bless your family with that money? Could you pay for your grandkids to go to school? What other things that you can do, build your business, invest in your children's business, position yourself to actually leave a legacy when it comes down to wealth? Think about it like this. Imagine if every generation kept repeating, repeating this same process. How wealthy would your family be? Now, let me go ahead and jump back to it. Let me get back to the steps here. So, number one, increase your cash flow by any means. Number two, set up a beginner's emergency fund. Beginners, a couple thousand dollars in the bank, $3,000 in the bank. You can handle yourself, refrigerator go out, you know, you got the hot water go out, whatever the case might be, you can go in and get it done. Then you want to start investing. And yes, I said invest before paying off the debt. Pay yourself first. The debt is going to be there regardless. But go ahead and get that 5% going, all right? Now, once you done, once you got your least your five percent going on there, if you can put in more, great. But do your five percent. You want to do what's called a rapid debt elimination system. Okay. So after you're investing, after you got your things going there, of course you're gonna get tax deduction in most cases for investing. You can actually start taking the rest of your available cash flow after your living expenses. Okay. So I'm giving you a little bit of a break here. After your living expenses, now you can actually start taking that and set up what's called a, debt, a rapid debt elimination plan. Now, what does that mean? That does not mean pay extra on all your debts. That means focus on one debt, knock it off, snowball it to the next, snowball it to the next, snowball it to the next, and it's just your consumer debt. This does not include your mortgage. Just your consumer debt. This is very important because most times consumer debt has a higher interest rate, a significantly higher interest rate, especially if you're talking about credit cards, payday loans, auto loans, and things like that. that can get really high on the interest. But if you take that available cash flow, you start knocking off a debt elimination plan, you will be in and you'll be so much farther ahead with your finances. Now, here is the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do a shameless plug. If you are curious about how to set up a debt elimination plan, if you are curious about how to tie it in and actually put it in like a software system, actually line it up, listen, you can go in and contact me. Email is james at jda-solutions.com. I got a perfect trial for you to try out. You can utilize the system, try it out for seven days. I'll walk you through personally on how to set up your debt elimination plan so you can get things going. That's something I offer as a service, but it's absolutely key. I don't care if you use a spreadsheet. I don't care if you write it down on a piece of paper. I don't care what you do. I use technology, right? So I'm going to use the application, and I think it's just an awesome application, which is why I offer it for people to actually use and try out. But you want to set up your debt elimination plan and you want to go from the smallest debt to the largest debt. And typically, those are going to be your high-interest stuff. There's going to be your credit cards, your store credit cards. Um, this is going to be any type of payday loans. And yes, including on your debt elimination plan, if you owe somebody some money, put that on here as well. It's just it's just good karma, right? It just works out good. It's the golden rule. You owe somebody some money, put that on your plan too to pay them off. Don't, don't be a shyster. And when you start moving through this, You're not going to, once you pay off your first debt, let's say, for instance, you pay off that credit card bill and it was $100 a month. You don't take that $100 a month and put it back into the lifestyle. You put that $100 extra a month now back onto the next plan, and you keep going and going and going and going. And let me give you a scope on this step. Let me give you a scope. To pay off your consumer debt, if you do everything right, ladies and gentlemen, you should be debt-free anywhere from two to five years on everything consumer everything consumer. That includes the vehicle, that includes the credit card, and in most cases that even includes the student loans if you know how to work the system right. But now, step number five, step number five. So you paid off your debt, your consumer debt is gone. Let's say, for instance, you got the mortgage but it's still there. Next thing that you want to do is start maxing out your retirement plans, okay? Maxing out your retirement investing, all right? So Numbers are typically around $18,000 for your 401k, your IRAs are typically $5,000, but you want to start maxing that out. Because now we're going back to what we say, pay yourself first. So you're actually investing, you're taking your money, you put it aside, you're going to get a tax deduction for it anyway, if it's a tax- deferred account, and now you're starting to build some wealth tremendously. Imagine if you were investing20,000 dollars every single year. If you did that for 10, 10 years, right? That's $200,000 that you have before compound interest. If you did it for 15 years, that's $30,000 that you have before compound interest. So you can see how after 15, 20 years of working, you can rack up very close to a million dollars if you are investing your money. Because think about it at this point, if your consumer debt is gone, if you got the car gone, the credit card is gone, any type of student loans, all that stuff gone, think about all that extra cash flow that you have now to actually invest. And that's step number five. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? If you cannot max it out, if you can't get to the 18000 then you need to adjust some things. You need either to either up your income or decrease your expenses, but you have to do this step before going on. So let's take a mid-break recap, all right? Number one, want to acquire as much cash flow as possible by any means necessary. I mean, cut out everybody. Listen, AT- AT&T, Comcast, all those places are not your friend. They are businesses there to get your money. Yes, I know DTE, keep the lights on. You should not have a love affair with them. If you got to cut them off, cut them off too. I'm just joking. I don't want you guys to cut your life off. But there are some things that we have that you do not absolutely need, and we're all guilty of it. Number two, set up your beginner's emergency fund. You want to get at least $3,000 into that fund. Once you get to $3,000, you can move into a municipal bond fund or an actual um, money market fund, different things to get 2 3 4% interest to keep up with inflation. A lot of people say, James, well, "Why would I want to invest my emergency fund?" Well, listen. How many, how often do you have an emergency? If your life that terrible where you have an emergency every week, then you might need to rethink some life choices. Number three, you want to begin investing at least 5%. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself a little bit to pay yourself first. Start investing 5% in your retirement accounts. Number four, set yourself up a debt elimination plan. It's very simple. If you want to get at me, go ahead and get at me. I will teach you guys how to do it very efficiently. You can Google it, snowball system, debt snowball, whatever the case might be. Write it down on on a whiteboard in your house. I don't care the method that you do it. I just want you to get out of debt. You want to start eliminating your consumer debt, everything except for your mortgage. Number five is then you're going to max out your retirement. See, think about it. If you have no debt, you increase your cash flow, you minimize your expenses, you're already getting a tax deduction for your investing, and now you actually got everything cleared up debt-wise, you can start chucking $1,000, 1500 $2,000 a month into your retirement accounts. Huge money right there. Now, step six. This is one of my most favorite parts, okay? Because after you got everything settled, you're stable now, you're debt-free, you're investing, you're doing what you're supposed to do, I want you to take any and every piece of available cash flow that you have and start building a full emergency fund. Now, full emergency fund is variable from person to person. The key thing is to understand this. You need three to six months of living expenses maybe even nine if you got kids, but you want to get three to six months of living expenses, you take your judge on what your safety net is. And the reason why I say that, because let's say you're rocking and rolling your plan, everything is going good, but guess what? Unfortunately, your job is relocating. You don't want to move overseas. Or the business that you had just not, it's not working as good as it was. You're not making ends meet. You're not covering payroll. You're doing different things like that. So there are it is the factor of life that can happen, and it's basically based upon your comfort level. I know some people, they say, well, I only need three months because I got skills, I got a business, I can make money anyway. Cool, do that. I know some people, they just have a career with the business, nothing wrong with that, but they need about six to nine months because that's about how long it takes for them to actually get back into the workforce as far as what your job is concerned. So what you have to do at this particular point is take what you have. As a, as a gauge. Just think about your industry, what industry it is, and how long would it take you to get up and rolling with something else? Because we, want to, we don't want to disrupt our plan. So if we start building our full emergency fund, three to six months worth of living expenses, the great thing that's awesome about it is that now you should have it pretty much coming in pretty cool because you minimize your expenses. You don't have no debt basically outside of your mortgage. You know, you're increasing your cash flow by doing other things. And of course, like I talked about in the beginning, you're getting back all your money that you deserve and you're paying yourself first. So it should happen fairly quickly at this point. Think about it. If you no car notes, no credit cards, no student loans, how fast can you build up that emergency fund? It's an awesome, awesome deal. Now, step seven, Step seven is broken out into two steps, but they're just kind of 7A and 7B. And you can debate me on this. It doesn't matter. This is what is being used for the mass majority of individuals and how they feel and how psychology of money plays into it. Some people disagree with me. Some people agree with me. It doesn't really matter because it all works the same in the long run. But really, at seven, now you want to start focusing on two things. If you're written and you don't have a mortgage, you don't have a house, and if you want to buy a house, go ahead and get your home right now. You're probably in the best position to do it. Your credit score would increase because you paid off the debts. The utilization is down. You got money in the bank, okay, because they look at those things as far as just bank statements and things like that. You could probably get approved for a loan a lot easier. You're more managed with your money, and you're not stretched out with all the extra debts that just throwing a mortgage on top of it. So now if you want to rent, go ahead and buy your home, okay? Get things rolling for what you can what you can actually afford. If you are if you have a home already, okay, you want to take all the rest of the cash flow because you built an emergency fund, so now you're back to paying off debt and pay off your mortgage. Now typically right here, you do not want to go on to the next step until you do one of the two of these things. Now I hear people say, Well, James, I'm never gonna buy a home. Well, cool, no problem. Do what you want to do, is your money. It's, it's what it is. That's why we have this podcast set up for you because it's giving you tips, tricks, things that you can use, but every situation can be a factor of what you want to do. I'm just talking about the general public. For most people, they like the security. They like the knowledge of having a home. It's all good with what you have going on there. But now what you want to focus on is once you get through step seven, now you're on to step eight. So let's recap before we finish up and round everything off. You increase your cash flow to start it by any means necessary. That's a big point because now you're really getting serious about your money. Number two is that you actually set up a beginner's emergency fund. So you got your money set aside for what you need to do with as far as your emergency fund, like, if you make it past step two, I guarantee you everything is going to be so much more easier. You're going to be so much more successful. So many people fail at step two. I mean, we, we saw the numbers. I gave you the statistics, the statistics of the day that people fail at this first, first part, having just a little bit of money as a cushion for them if something were to go wrong. Set up your beginner's emergency fund. Step three, start investing 5%. I just want 5%. I know people out there are going to tell you, you should be investing 30% of your income and 40% of your income. Well, if people don't even have a couple grand in the bank, they're not about to invest 40% of their income. Just get 5%. Hold yourself to a target. Not this 2%, not this 1% just to say that you're doing something. Hold yourself to a standard. Get at least 5% in there. If you could do more, do more. But at least 5%. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when I told you this is that over time, you're going to have several hundred thousand dollars just based upon that on the most, most small of salaries, the most small of income, the most, the smallest of income can get to this. Next thing, eliminate all your consumer debt, which is number four. Number five, max out your retirement. Number six, build your full emergency fund. You decide three to nine months, whatever it is, decide how much you actually need and then number seven, of course, if you want to buy the home, go ahead and buy the home. If you already have a home, go ahead and pay the home off. Now, think about where you are right now. You're maxing out your retirement. You got money in the bank. You have no debt. Your cash flow is coming in. You got more coming in than you have going out. You got more money than you have a month. Now you can get to a point in step eight where you can start making some things happen. So you can start building those extra things that's going to build you some income your investment portfolio, your stocks, your bonds, your real estate, your mutual funds, your ETFs. If you want to invest in annuities, you can start doing that. You can also have the extra money right now if you want to go into business for yourself to take that leap into entrepreneurship. You got extra cash flow working for that. Now, that's a huge deal because if you have money in the bank, every business has what's called a formulation and a ramp up stage and a stability stage. Okay, Every business goes through the cycle. You start up, you might have capital intensive capital intensive things in the beginning, getting your equipment together. But as you start to ramp up, you can start producing income. But that might be a three, six, eight, nine, 10-month deal where you might have to supplement supplement that business with the income that you have going on. I said not, not your not your emergency fund, but the income you have coming in because you don't have a mortgage. You don't have car notes. You don't have all this crazy stuff going on. So now you're set, ready to go. Now, you can also do things, I understand, people have other expenses. You might have life insurance that you need to pay for, health insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance, and all those technical things. This is just a general overview, but now you should have that extra cash flow to afford it. See, if you didn't have a mortgage, then you can pay for life insurance. If you didn't have all the credit card bills, then guess what? You could pay for short-term disability care if you work a very active position or active job guess what? If you didn't have like the all the expenses coming out, then guess what? You can actually put money into your children's 529 plan. It's very simple. The key thing is to focus on this one word that I kept talking through this whole entire plan is what we call cash flow. Money in, money out. How do you position yourself to actually win? And guys, this work on any particular budget. I've seen people that have Hundred plus thousand dollar income use this plan to get debt free in three to seven years, and I've seen people with thirty five thousand dollars a year in the household utilize this plan and and go from three to seven years. It's all up until what you absolutely make it. Now that's the steps. Okay, rewind back, skip back, write down whatever you need to do to go back. But let me talk about the the psychology behind of this, and I'm gonna go kind of into my soapbox a little bit, but it's going to make sense in the long run, okay? If anybody who's ever read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, one of the two key factors of what you need to do to hit your financial goals is, number one, you got to write it down. Number two, you got to actually make the plan and you got to be identifying what you're willing to give up, all right? So write down, make a plan, make it specific on what you want. That's why through the, throughout this plan, I gave you some sp- specific numbers to use, $3,000, 5%, this amount of money, this amount of money. You got to make it spe- very specific and very, very. Um, it's, it's got to be very straightforward. It's got to be narrow focused because if you got a very broad and wide goal, guess what? You're never actually going to hit your goal. So that's starting with some of the, the actual psychology behind it. The other thing is you have to be willing to give something up. So that's why in the beginning the first thing you start doing is increase your cash flow by any means necessary. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. And guess what? In the beginning making sacrifices are a lot harder than it is later on. See, you're kind of working that muscle of cutting yourself off on focusing on your money, on, on budgeting and different things like that. And it's a lot easier to do it when you're dealing with hundreds of, hundreds of dollars instead of tens of thousands of dollars later on. You don't want to make the biggest mistakes of your life when it can cost you if you just started off in the beginning and started to move yourself forward. So that's some of the things right there. And then the great thing about it, the debt elimination portion, when you start paying off your debt, having a trackable progress meter that you have for yourself to know that, okay, I paid off my car, I paid off my credit cards, I paid off my mortgage, is going to give you motivation to go faster and faster and faster and faster. faster. Once the first debt is eliminated, you go to the second debt. And once the second one's eliminated, you get even more excited. You go to the third one and the fourth one and the fifth one. And then also, everybody, I don't care if you don't like money, if you don't want money, if you're in love with money or whatever the case might be, you focus on money, everybody loves to see their bank account growing. And that's just going to give you more motivation to continue on with the plan. Large scope of everything very bold statement I'm about to say, three to seven years, including your mortgage, you should be absolutely done with this. The numbers just don't lie. Three to seven years. I'll give you three to ten years if you got like a big, big mortgage, like three hundred plus thousand dollars. You should be able to work this plan, get this plan absolutely done if you focus on the eight steps, and that's the eight steps to financial freedom. Now it's been a kind of a, a a culmination of everything that we talked about. Up until this point, and I wanted to make sure that we can deliver this to you guys and give you just a tangible rubber meets the roll, financial, straightforward planet. I summarized basically a collection of. Different tips, different strategies that came from different individuals, financial books, mindsets, what trainings, whatever the case might be. But it's been put together and kind of brewed down into this straightforward formula that give you success without all, all the rhetoric, without the rhetoric, not with all, all the hype, with all the fluff. Just give you the straight, bare bones steps of what you need to do. And I guarantee you, if you take this challenge, you read any finance book is going to point back to these things right here. So let me recap really quickly, ladies and gentlemen, just so you got it. This will be the last call for anybody who didn't write it down as I was speaking, okay? Step one, increase your cash flow by any means necessary. Step two, set up a beginner's emergency fund, at least $3,000. Step three, begin investing into retirement. Stretch yourself, get to 5%. Step four, eliminate all your consumer debt very systematically. Step five, max out your retirement. Step six, build yourself a full emergency fund. 3 to 6 months, 9 months, you make the call for yourself. Step 7, if you're renting, go ahead and buy yourself a home if you want to, if you're not, you already you have a home already, go ahead and pay that bad boy off. Step 8, invest all the rest, build your wealth and stay broke. All right? Stay broke what I mean by is actually taking all your extra cash flow and not putting it back into lifestyle but buying things, putting it into things that can absolutely make you more money. That's a key tip. That is such a key tip. When you start investing, you're buying things that can make you more money. When you're investing in stocks, you're buying stocks that pay dividends, you're buying stocks that appreciate. When you invest in mutual funds, you're investing in return. When you're investing into your business, you can grow that business and build that business. See, you can buy, build, or grow an asset, and that is a key component when you get to step eight that you're able to do, and guess what? You might be in a position... Now to become an accredited investor and as you're growing your net worth. See, you might actually get the cause when somebody has a business and they need some investors and you can put $10,000, $20,000, dollars 50000 into the pot and be part owner of a business that go on and make $100,000 a year, $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year profit. That is the key. See, many times people want to be an investor, but guess what? You're not even on the list for people to call because you have no money. You haven't fixed yourself financially. That's the overall goal. See, imagine if you can put $20,000 into that favorite business that you know can do great, that can can get started off, and that you can make a return on and become part owner. See, let's talk ownership. See, a lot of people today, and today's news, I'm going to date this episode. A lot of people are talking about Tesla stock dropping 8%. Well, guess what? I'm hype on that because I can go buy more at a cheaper price because I'm very confident it's going to rise back up. When Apple stock went down, people were talking about Apple stock is going down. Oh my God, I don't care. I got money in the bank. Let's buy some more of it. It It's on sale right now. The stock is literally on sale. Go buy more. See, imagine if you can do that. See, a lot of people got very wealthy in 2008 who had money because property values went into the tank and people bought whole apartment complexes for pennies on a dollar. Skyscrapers sold in Detroit for pennies on a dollar. A whole skyscraper sold for like three million dollars. A skyscraper. That's unheard of, ladies and gentlemen. Like not saying it's going to go back to that. But i tell you this, if there was an opportunity, the best time to have the opportunity is when you actually have cash in hand and your financial plan is put into order. So what I want to do, ladies and gentlemen, I'm definitely going to wrap that up right there. I know this is a very content-packed episode, but I wanted to bring it for Urban Podcast Month. Why is it Urban Podcast Month? Because we said it's Urban Podcast Month. So if you got an urban podcast, you can get with Shop Talk Podcast. Shout out to them, Shop Talk Podcast Studios. This is where I record out of. So when you guys hear my voice, you hear all that great audio coming in there. That's one of my good good buddies that I grew up with. These guys are rocking and rolling, and I'm just happy to be a part of the network. And I'm the money guy. So I bring the numbers. I bring the figures. I bring the facts. I come with the content so that you guys can absolutely be great with, be great with your money. So my name is James E. Anderson, the host and facilitator of the Be Great With your money podcast where we talk about everything business money capitalism and finance and everything in between so that way you can be great with your money you can get at me on any social media at i am jd anderson that's at i am jd anderson Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, you can contact me. If you got a question, feel free to DM me. I might feature it on this show right here. Who knows? It is up to you. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. You got eight steps of financial freedom. You got your marching orders. You got everything that you need from me right now to go out there. And, of course, be great with your money. This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. Visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information.